0: What is up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the NBA Showdown League podcast. Today, I am super excited because I've got two special guests on the line, and I will just let them say hello, Uh, Worth and Scaff, two of the guys behind NBA Showdown, two of the guys behind the game. Uh, If you guys would, just say hello.
1: Hey, what's up? This is Worth. Hey, how's it going? This is Scaff.
0: So, I have uh a bunch of questions for these guys that uh just kind of get into their backgrounds and and also into the game. I've shared with them uh what exactly the project is, what this self indulgent little side project is so uh first, I will shoot it to you worth um just for you know where you're from and and what your background is education wise and uh, what you're up to these
2: days sure i'll try to make it as fast as i can because it's not particularly interesting but um i uh I grew up in northeast ohio uh and basically in the sticks so it was a little bit outside cleveland uh cleveland sports fan my whole life still am uh up until just very recently that was a, a bad thing for me on the football side the browns are exciting again but the Cavs are my first love and always have been so um huge basketball fan uh, i went to undergrad at Penn State. Um, and uh, actually worked with the basketball program there for two and a half years as an assistant manager, um, doing most of the jobs that you can think of, sort of grunt work and uh, all of the non-glamorous stuff like getting sandwiches and arranging travel and all that other kind of stuff, helping mop the court and keep time and everything else. Um, <laughs> but uh, I just wanted to be close to the game. I had uh, plans after school to be a sports agent, of all things, and it led me to um, – to business school in northeast ohio back in northeast ohio after i graduated undergrad and then i'd been playing magic the entire time and that's how scaph and the rest of the folks at wizards found me um, for the through their pro tour series and i moved out to seattle in 2000 uh worked for wizards for almost 17 years left there uh, early last year and uh, took some time off and then just last june started uh again down here in orange county where i am now taking this call and i work for uh i'm a senior director of business operations for blizzard entertainment
0: Oh there's there's a name in the gaming industry right there. <laughs> yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah. All right, I'll kick it to you, Ska. Uh
1: I grew up in Pennsylvania uh outside of Allentown and uh so I guess oh. eastern Pennsylvania and um and I went to school uh undergraduate uh at Princeton and then grad school at University of Pennsylvania where, in uh physics and then math which is where I met Richard Garfield. He was uh couple offices I know down well. for me there. And so that's how I got started on gaming, um, is helping him out with magic. Uh, we were play testers and then developers for that game. And so, uh, the more serious wizards got, the more, um, they needed extra help. So I, uh, I left school and started helping, uh, run magic. And that's basically my entry into the whole thing. Um, uh, Worked on a lot of the card games there at Wizards. Uh, I would say probably most of the card games at Wizards I helped work on, and um, and uh, and also the organized play system, the Magic Pro Tour.
2: As yes, yep. being modest, he actually created the, the Pro Tour, if I remember correctly, and most of the play <laughs> programs. But yeah, we um, early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, we licensed almost everything you can imagine at Wizards of the Coast. Mm-hmm. We would make a TCG out of literally anything. So. Part of the reason I got brought on was to help with that stuff, the sports stuff in particular. But I know Scaf was involved in all that stuff too. Looney Tunes and Star Wars and all kinds of – some of the stuff that didn't even see the light of day. Was felt like we were licensing anything at the time. Yeah,
1: and then uh, and then uh, I guess after that, I left Wizards uh, when I started having kids back in 2004 or 2003, I guess I left. Uh, and then have just have an independent consulting um, company with uh, – with Richard. Um, it's just the two of us. It's called Three Donkeys, and so we've worked on a million different projects since then.
0: Uh, yeah, I know you guys were involved in Artifact, right?
1: We were, yes.
2: Yep. Yep. It just launched, right? Is that yep. launched? It did launch, right?
1: It did launch, yeah. yep. Good deal. It was a, a little bit of a rocky launch, uh, but people are still dedicated to working on it. I think it's... Uh, it's going to be a, a little, a little, a little bit of effort uh, coming back to bring it up, but um, but the game is really good, and so uh, uh, it's, it's exciting to work on it. Actually, believe it or not, despite the negativity. Sure, absolutely. Um, so and, and got- also, Keyforge Key just launched as well. Oh a, yeah, another trade. Oh, yeah,
2: from Richard. Yeah
0: um so both of you guys kind of mentioned this of uh how you got into gaming um but uh, i'll jump to uh what what's your favorite game growing up and and now today or-
2: i'll start yeah so uh it might probably a tie between dark tower and zork um okay zork got me into computer gaming obviously no graphics or anything and i'm dating myself quite a bit by saying that but um yeah, no, it was uh, It got me into the sort of genre of storytelling, and I was already into Choose Your Own Adventures and D&D and, and chess and that kind of stuff. So I was on the periphery of, of geekdom before Zork showed up, and then Zork pulled me all the way in, got my my Commodore 64 hooked up, and then I was just started writing games out of computer magazines back when there was no storage. You'd have to just code the game you want from the magazine until you turned the computer off. Um oh my gosh wow. yeah it, it sucked but uh but anyway yeah that's how i that's how i got involved with it Zork is holds a special place in my heart to this day but uh but yeah i, I had atari 2600 stuff and nintendo i was in middle school when nintendo came out uh and it kind of just revolutionized everything at that point but yeah yeah, Bat magic obviously is my is my number one game of all time i basically owe my entire life to to magic my friends my career all of it so gotcha. Yeah, sure.
1: Um, my my start. Oh, by the way, I just want to say uh, I don't think there are games that I hate more than Zork. I think that's my <laughs> least favorite game of all time. Uh, I got my start playing uh, game family games. Uh, you know, with my family, family game night. You know, things like Scrabble and Boggle and stuff like that, and uh, and card games like. Um, Hearts and also, uh, pitch. Uh, I remember playing a game called pitch with my relatives quite a bit. And so that, that was the initial start. And then of course the standard progression through, you know, more hardcore hobby games, uh, Dungeons and dragons, but all the hex mace, hex based military games and miniatures games. Um, and, um, like Napoleonic miniatures and stuff like that. And then eventually, uh, yeah, obviously, Uh, Magic. I also played uh, chess as well in high school and stuff like that. So pretty general. Uh, And computer games, uh, yeah, I've always liked computer games from, I remember the first one, I think I was, well, no, I guess I was addicted to all the stand-up arcade stuff and the 2600 stuff. Yeah, anyway.
0: Gotcha. Cool, cool. Um, And basketball. Uh, on, on that slant, um, worth, you mentioned that you've got, you know, quite a background with basketball. Um, you mentioned, uh, you're a Cavs fan, um, you know, anything else about, uh, your NBA fandom, uh, any hot takes on this season or anything like that?
2: Uh, I mean... I, I just love NBA basketball. I really, I think professional sports in general are awesome. I think team sports in general are awesome. I like watching the best of the best compete. I'm a very competitive guy myself. Um, I uh, I used to go to the games at Richfield uh, with my dad before the Cavs moved to Gund Arena, and now they call the Q. Um, and uh, I was at the game that they, sh- you know, the the Jordan game they show all the time, oh, where he hits yep. that shot over ELO shot. and starts mm-hmm. pumping his fist. Yeah, I was at that game. When oh I was wow! Four, Fourteen, I think, at the time.
0: That heartbreaking. Uh, yeah, I remember.
2: I left the arena in tears. Uh, oh man! And, and it wasn't yeah. the only time that that man caused us tears over the course of the years. But um, oh, jeez! Yeah, be, being a Cleveland fan's been rough. Uh, Cleveland sports fan's been rough. Um, but yeah. it got there, you know, a couple of years ago, our hometown savior returned, and. Blessed us with that championship that it eluded for so long and and I feel like now I'm just good forever. <laughs> well, I was certainly rooting for the Cavs in all of those final series. We did um, not. I mean the other the other side of the basically the Empire,
0: you Well, know. oh good. Yeah, this is music <laughs> to my ears. I I cannot stand the dubs. Yeah. Um yeah, so Scaf, what about your background in basketball? Did
1: you? Uh... I never, I never actually played a single game of basketball until I was a se- The last week of my senior year in college, wow. uh, okay. when we were doing basketball units and stuff like that in in uh, school. Before I, I was hurt. Uh, I, had, I had some bad knee problems when I was younger. And then, um, and then, uh, you know, basically just addicted to it. I um, we used to play all the time at Wizards. I used to get the Magic oh God, Pro yeah. players to play, um, to kind of just have fun, but also keep them a little bit in shape and stuff. And so, uh, I, you know, I've played basketball all over the world. I mean, uh, you know pretty much everywhere've I've played and hunted in random cities for basketball courts where you you wouldn't think any any exists. Uh, and we used to play all the time at Wizards um, and I still play with my uh, my friends from college, we have a reunion every year where we get together and play. My, my play time is limited now. I've got uh, no cartilage left in my left oh, knee yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, very little in my right knee and a a torn disc in my back and but I still play uh, when I have to which is whenever anyone asks me to. That is <laughs> so.
0: a dedicated man. And that's so cool that you found it late in life, but then just got so hooked.
2: Yeah. yeah, we yeah. We yeah No, it's, so it's much the, greatest. It is we, the
1: greatest. It is the greatest yeah. game.
2: When yeah. I started at Wizards, we were playing probably 90 minutes a day, every day at lunch out back. And, uh, and then again, after we were done working and yeah. you know, we were well, all young, Yeah, we were all young, and Iskaf was the first one of us to get married, and I, first one of us to have kids, I think. I followed shortly thereafter, and once that started happening, it started going downhill. But for the first couple years at Wizards, we were all like, you know, 20 somethings, early 30 somethings, and spending 10, 12 hours a day at work every day. And some of those hours were basketball in the parking lot.
0: Oh, that's so cool!
2: Yeah, yeah I, I
0: understand there's actually a good amount of overlap between both Magic players and developers and basketball. Uh, you know, LSV and Marshall on limited resources love to talk, talk basketball. So
2: Yeah, those guys. And that's kind of the legacy that Scaff was talking about that he started and I helped him with. And a bunch of other people sort of picked up the torch when he and I exited the Magic pro scene. Um, a bunch of folks, we had done so much work trying to get it together over the years that people, I think it was just inertia that carried it forward. I don't know if Scaf you think the same thing or what. Yeah. But.
1: Yeah, John Finkel was played a ton. I mean, yeah. he's a big. They
2: still big play. They play every player. week in New York.
1: Oh, he plays every week, really.
2: Yeah, they play once a week in New York. Oh, yeah. wow. Uh,
1: yeah, and then as far as cheering, you know, growing up in Pennsylvania, I was a Sixers fan, and uh, you know, my whole life. And when the franchise moved to Phoenix, I cheered for them there in Phoenix. And later on, the franchise came back, and then when it moved to Denver again, I cheered for Denver. And uh, and now I'm. No, it's the franchise is firmly back in uh, Philly for now, so uh, I'll cheer for Philly. Yeah, gotcha. But always yeah. 76ers.
0: Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, um, my next question was about how you guys ended up at Wizards, but both of you guys have, have already kind of mentioned that. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and we did, uh, worth, you started getting into, um, what it was like in the heyday of, uh, TCGs at wizards in those early two thousands. But I guess I would, I would ask you guys what, like how many different projects were you each working on at that point? Because that, you know, they must've had each of you assigned to several of the games that were coming out, not to mention working on magic. Like, what was that like?
2: Scaf was fairly senior to me, so he was doing stuff, like, more on the corporate level, like, making the deals and arranging stuff like that, and he can speak to it, obviously. But I was really um, – I was pretty young when I got that job. I think I was 24 or 25. And it was my first real job. So I was mostly sort of the guy who understood – like, mainstream media hadn't caught up with gaming yet. Like, the geek culture crossovers hadn't happened. Matrix was not out yet or, like, had just come out. Lord of the Rings hadn't really happened. Um Harry Potter really hadn't taken hold quite yet. It was out, but it was like book three, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all that stuff meant that gamers who knew sports were fairly rare at the time. And so they stuck me on – they hired me, I think, mostly for to work on Magic, but then also the sports games. I did the NFL game and the MLB game as well and all the other – like I said, we licensed everything. I think I worked on I, – I don't even remember them all. Neopets, Looney Tunes, Narnia. I don't know if that ever came out. Star Wars. Like there was a million of them. Oh, man. There was a Narnia game? I don't know if it ever came out. (laughs) I don't think it did because I would have gotten a starter. I can tell you that much. Uh. But yeah, Scaf can speak to his own stuff.
1: Pretty much just – I mean, uh, yeah, what's the specific question? What was it like? I don't know. It was was exciting working on all that stuff. Um, I worked a lot on Dungeons & Dragons as well. Okay, Um, gotcha. The third third edition. Yeah, that was uh,
0: right around when I started playing. I still have my third edition books. Oh, yeah. yeah,
1: It's still the best.
2: Yeah. We had a great campaign that we played. It was me and Scaff and uh, the guy who started Wizards, Peter Atkinson. And who else was in that group? Was it Paul
1: and Henry? Um, Maybe Andrew Finch. Oh, yeah. Andrew Finch. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. One of the other guys played with us a little bit. Alan Comer might have played a little.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, We had a couple, uh, Henry Stern, who helped uh, Scaff and I. Oh, uh, Henry played. Henry played. Yeah. He helped uh, Henry helped Scaff and I with the NBA game, and the other the fourth guy on the NBA game uh, was uh, a guy named Dan Cervelli, who, okay. Uh, okay. who I think it works still at Palantir down in uh, Palo Alto now. But uh, yeah. but yeah, so it was cool. a good time. Good to hear all of those names.
0: Those are names that I know well from Mark Rosewater's podcast from Drive oh. to Work. Oh sure, yeah. Um, so uh, the the next on the docket here is you know remembering NBA showdown and how that, how that came about and how you got placed on the team Uh, worth. You mentioned you, you were hired in part to, to do the showdown games. Um, So uh, I guess, you know, all three licenses got lined up right around the same time.
2: Yeah. And it, you know, as far as the details of that, I'm actually going to toss this one over to Scaff because he's one of the ones that helped set up those deals. So he can tell you what's going on there. Cool.
1: yeah we had always talked about it uh, then when we got purchased by Hasbro um, it we were really trying to expand our revenue as much as possible um, and so you know th- those were good ways to do it with uh, you know get the licenses and and push those games we had designs for baseball dating back actually quite quite a long way before that push but uh, n- nothing much ever came of it and then um, and then all of a sudden we we're like, got the green light. And so it was, yeah, just go ahead for those. I think the sports games were pushed, you know, largely by this guy, Rick Aaron's there. And then, and then myself from the, the R and D game design side.
0: Got it. Got it. Yeah. I mean, it really kind of makes sense in a way in that, you know, Magic to begin with was sort of a combination of baseball cards and and, you know, and card games um, yeah. and also, uh, you know, certainly takes influences yeah, it, from chess. It, they're,
1: they're actually a very natural, uh, mm-hmm. very natural fit. So,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, certainly something about them sings to me. Um, so. You guys tell me a little bit about the design and development process for specifically NBA showdown. Uh, you know, how long did you guys have to work on it from start to finish? Um, how much playtesting did you really get to do? Were there any ideas that, you know, got left on the cutting room floor for the game? Um, I love to hear anything you guys remember about it.
2: We talked about this a little bit last night. scaps memory is definitely better than mine on this front. So I'm going to let him take this one too.
1: Cool. <laughs> uh <laughs> Well, we had a lot of games to design in a short amount of time. It wasn't just these; it was, you know, Harry Potter and a whole bunch of other stuff, all, all going on at the same time. And so, the first thing we did was we took outside submissions. So I think four different teams uh, submitted a game design. Uh, we didn't like any of them, uh, but there were at least one for sure, maybe two, that we liked a few elements of. So we 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 purchased those design elements from the people that had submitted. The uh, the designs, and then we set out to work on our own design. You know, mostly from scratch, but like I said, with a couple of those elements in them. And uh, and then uh, I remember one of the designs was uh, from this guy Brian Hacker. I don't know if you remember him from the Pro Tour. We we we, we bought a couple of things off his design, and so um, some of those elements are in there. What they are specifically, uh, I can't I can't remember. Uh, gotcha. And then you know, actually this is going to sound crazy, but I think the whole game, you know, we designed in like a week, uh, (laughs) uh, it it fell together pretty quickly. Now that doesn't mean the numbers were correct and there were lots of rules changes, but I mean the bit, you know, the basics of it uh, came Uh together very, very quickly. And then we just started, you know, um, tweaking numbers. We had a way of generating the speed and power based upon real life stats. None of it was faked. Uh, None of it was like, Oh, we're just saying these things. Every single speed and power number in that game essentially is based upon. We had an algorithm that w- would use people's uh, real life height and weights. And, um, you know, like for the power number, it factored in things like your offensive rebounds and your blocks, and for the you know, re- total rebounds, but also offensive rebounds, and then your a little bit field goal percentage and um because you know back then that tended to be pretty highly correlated with playing close to the basket and sure. then the um and then the speed numbers similarly were kind of the reverse you know because the smaller you were uh the, the faster you were in general and then we mm-hmm. added things in like steals and
2: you want to talk about true shooting at all Scaff? like the the precursor i guess to true shooting i suppose
1: uh, oh yeah. Well, that's, well, that's more like when we get to the chart part, not the no, physical fair part. Enough. part. Um, yeah, fair enough. and then, um, and then, so, you know, we had this idea from basketball, like, you know, they're, they're very roughly again, you know, you're trying to simplify things when you're making a game. It's like, you know, people have certain physical characteristics and you, you can see that on the court. Um, where, you know, you can have great athletes with no skill whatsoever Mm -hmm. at shooting. And generally, if they know what they're doing, they, they will be pretty decent defenders. Um, you know, that you can certainly on the, on a pickup court, you can be a bad defender, even if you're athletic, but by the time you get to the NBA, you know, most of your defensive ability is going to be based upon, um, upon your athletics so that was that number was the matchup in terms of who who was dominant physically and then the sort of the skill end of it was um again based upon your actual shooting numbers um and uh and 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 then the then we would look at your physical ability and see how many matchups you would be favored in uh again roughly and then um and so what, what's your bonus in general would be, and then created those shooting charts to, uh, to reflect that. So, um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much.
0: Geez, that, it. that kind of blows me away that it was so in depth. I mean, I, I guess it really shouldn't, uh, because, you know, the cards did come out, uh, really elegant and, uh when i when i've been going through these these seasons um the averages you know of the players uh once i you know compile all the stats they end up lining up really quite well um
1: yeah yeah they should i mean um we reverse
2: engineered them too basically
1: yeah mm-hmm. yeah no and, yeah, we, and we certainly could have run it you know impressive. i don't know we could probably still run it today uh the mix might be a little bit different but um you know i'm
0: sorry you were breaking up there for a little bit
1: oh we we could oh, we, we could, we could generate numbers for people today
0: Okay. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, man. (laughs) Now, of course, I want an NBA showdown
1: 2018.
2: Yeah. Um, Actually, when I, John, when I first heard about the project, I thought you were doing the, like, I thought you had sort of retrofitted our algorithm or or whatever to current, current uh, players.
0: Oh man. I wish, uh, that is sort of a pie in the sky dream. I have mocked up a few at this point. Um, I'm a huge Jimmy Butler fan, so I had to do a Jimmy. Oh, so Um, you're
1: a 76ers fan now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I definitely can get behind that team. I, I, I love me some Joel Embiid too. They are Um, just team
2: chaos right now though. I suppose. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, They need another shooter. Um, But, uh, yeah, anyway, so I've I've started on that worth, uh, but that, again, is kind of a pie-in-the-sky thing for me, Um, uh, but – you know maybe slowly, I'll put together a few designs. I even like went to the trouble of photoshopping that Jimmy card. Um, it was when he was on the T Wolds, but uh, I was super proud of it. And, I, know, I was doing a little
2: research online last night after Scaff and I hung up, and uh, there's, there's folks out there making current cards, there's not a ton, but I saw like really? a Lon- Alonzo card from someplace, and yeah, That's basically so cool. our same formula, chart, layout, power speed, all that kind of stuff, but with current players. Oh, I was man. I was mostly lo- I started looking to see if any of the players that we put in twenty 20- two thousand two were still playing and Dirk, Vince, Vince Carter stuck Dirk out and Vince. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, uh And is Jason Terry still on a
0: team? I don't I think he might still be on a roster. Yeah. I don't. But know. yeah, uh, Matt and I were going through that uh, ourselves because he's a massive Dirk fan. Uh, oh, yeah. Dirk is, is Matt's guy. Um,
1: do you uh, do you know do you play the game with other people or
0: is it? Yeah. Yeah. When Matt Matt has played about half the games with me, Uh, but some nights I'll just, I'll sim the games myself uh, just because I find it's fun and put on some music and, and just kind of see how, how the, how the games go. Sure. Um, I enjoy it. It, Like, it's a great way to unwind after a day of work, you know, to just sort of see all these old players that, you know, were my favorites when I was growing up. So Yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, as far as uh, mechanics that didn't make it in, we, we have to ask you something. This is going to sound crazy because I don't have a rule book in front of me. Um, we had some mechanics and we just we can't remember if they made oh, it right or
0: Okay, fair enough. Uh, in so you, my- you
1: tell us because it's been 15 years since I even thought about this game. <laughs> um so, like, uh, uh, it, can you double-team in the in the game? You
0: can. You can. It's a little oh. bit complicated, and when I'm simming the games, I don't even bother. Uh, yeah.
1: But, okay. yes, there are rules for double-teaming. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then that made it in. So then yeah. that's not...
2: And, we ironically, thought- I think one of the reasons we wanted to cut it was because he did think it was too complicated, if I remember right. But...
1: Yeah, yeah, the problem the problem is it, it's kind of in a way if you want to simulate things for real. And especially if you remember back at that time, you know, I mean Shaquille O'Neal's in the league and Allen Iverson is and stuff like that. And so you you really do need um, you do need some uh, mechanic some mechanic to yeah. double team if you wanna if you want to reflect what's going on, so. yeah,
0: yeah, those two are super dominant. I will, I will say that. having those max stats, like Shaq's team won the championship last season, and Shaq, like he, like at the midway point of the season, he was averaging a triple double, and like
2: it, <laughs> with, like it, with it blocks or versus- assists. Uh, with assists. Okay. Yeah. I didn't think we did blocks didn't make it in the game. Did no they? blocks didn't. Okay. Uh-uh. But I
0: bet you he would have had a, had a near quad, uh, double, but yeah, anyway, um, those two what, are what blocks
1: did in the game is since you since you're, your your, uh, stat numbers are your primary, you know, reflection of your defense, uh, blocks added to your stat numbers
2: is power. Wow. Right? It got folded into power. No, no.
1: I think it also got, uh, folded into, um, speed as well. Um, that's my recollection
2: yeah i don't recall i was i was telling scap last night i kept a lot of my design sheets my old excel sheets that have the formulas in them and stuff but i couldn't i've been through two at least two computers since then probably more like three or four and i can't i've got them somewhere but i can't tell you where i couldn't find my old uh my old
0: sheets yeah i
1: looked a little bit i couldn't find my old stuff either
0: yeah <laughs>
2: fair enough if you guys ever do
0: find that holler at me i will i would i would be super interested yeah um so my my next question uh is is about you know the untimely demise of the game how How soon did it become apparent uh uh on wizard's end that you know it wasn't financially viable to do another
2: set almost immediately um yeah scaff and I talked about this last night too, and you know part of it you get a you get your first hint of of the, on the sell in and then you get your sort of final judgment on the reordered or not um and obviously, maybe a month or two, probably after it got to the market. But one of the things that did the conversation we had did uh, remind us both is we had what was probably the most enjoyable I've seen you know dozens and dozens of these gas pricing more of what what they call focus grouping, which is one way mirror. Um, participants are invited in to par- play, partake in some kind of game or, or product or whatever. And there's a bunch of people, marketers, brand people, usually product people watching from behind the, sc- the one-way mirror and the, the subjects are in another room. They know they're being watched, but they don't, they don't, I don't think know exactly what's going on when they walk in and, and uh, well, I'll let, I'll let Gath tell the story cause it's, he's better at it than me.
1: <laughs> well, uh, so, so, you know, we knew the type of people that would probably want to play this game were, you know, sports fans, uh, and mm-hmm. probably older sports fans, like toward the top end of our audience, um, you know, teens and, you know, early twenties. Uh, and actually, by the way, that's one of the reasons that the game was not successful is that it was very difficult to reach those sorts of people. Like, like right now you can imagine yourself today, um, you, you you know how much you like the game and you're uh, you're you're in your 30s is that correct is that what I heard you say yeah yeah i'm 31 yes yeah, so you're like a 30 something person with a job well how how would you ever hear about the game true now these days you know you grew up with trading card games but back in 2002 there's not that many you know whatever 32 and old magic old right? sports fans because magic yeah. wasn't quite old enough for that to be the case like a very okay. oldest magic yeah. players would hit that but there wasn't this big bulge of people you know because really magic went wide in you know 95 probably i guess um 94 maybe when it got distribution into the comic book shops so you get a lot of 14 year olds from then but you know they're 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 still just uh, in their whatever, 20s. Yeah, it's eight years yeah. older, right? They're yeah. 20 years old, and um, and so we weren't. It was difficult for us to hit. Uh, you know, I think people that would have really liked to play the game. So, um, right, the focus group. So we, yeah. we were bringing in people in this age group that we thought might like it. Um, so they were probably they were college students, right? Worth is that yeah. correct? Yeah. So it's these two sort of like, you know, kind of jockey fratty college students. They came in, they had a very bad attitude. They didn't like card games. Um, and, uh, and they didn't seem like it was, the playtest was going to go well, but you know, they were there for their, whatever, free uh, 20 bucks bucks or whatever, whatever it was. (laughs) (laughs) So they, um, they read the rules. I mean, the rules are actually relatively simple compared to other trading card games. Yeah. Yeah. they And, uh, and they started playing, and, and then halfway through the playtest, they they kind of got into it, and they were actually at, at one point in the play test, uh, they were so into it they were throwing their chairs around the room, <laughs> literally throwing their chairs. Wow! Uh, so like, yeah, they were they were very excited, and and so and that wasn't the only one. That was the only time we had people throw chairs. Uh, but no, we had it was <laughs> it, it was actually the best testing game that I can remember us ever doing wow people so really cool. liked it when they played it yeah
0: yeah yeah i mean obviously i love it and uh matt you know he he had never played trading card games um before i it, you know coerced him into this and um and yeah he loves it himself like we we definitely get into it you know anytime Shaq gets a hot marker well that's uh it's time to pause and catch your breath yeah um well, that's awesome, Gosh. Um, so my my last couple of questions just have to do with uh, you guys' reaction um, to the fact that you know somebody compiled a a complete set and is and is still enjoying the game today. And um, you know, I, I just you know, what do you guys think of of our crazy little side project? I guess I would ask. And I don't know, you got any any suggestions for me as to as to how I can tweak it or or anything like that?
2: Uh, I, well, to answer your question specifically, I, we did definitely think people would compile a whole collection of the cards. Um, yeah. Not necessarily maybe one that would survive 15 years if the game only had a one release, but um, but yeah, we had enough familiarity with Magic players to know to understand the collecting mentality uh, that went along with TCGs. Yeah. So we yeah. that that part didn't surprise us.
1: Um, you you it, may have some rivals. There's there's one or two guys at Wizards that possibly could have completed a set. And also, the game was played. A couple of the NBA league offices played. I think the Pacers I, 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 and the Cavs or somebody
0: about this. Yeah, the Pacers front office they put together a league.
1: Yeah. So you know, people there certainly had the money to buy complete sets. So maybe some of them may have had complete sets. I don't know if they still do, but that would be like you—you you probably are the only one. But there's a few others that might uh, might give you a run for your money. Some somebody that was in the Pacers front office back then in 2002.
2: Yeah, and I think there was, like Scaff said, Cavs maybe, and I wanted to say Celtics too. A a friend of mine who works for the Celtics now was saying that they they messed around with it way back then, but I don't know if they actually got to play in it. I remember I sent cards to somebody. That might have been the Pacers, though, because I think the Pacers were the ones who actually really were into it and reached out to Wizards and maybe asked for some or something like that. So I don't remember exactly how that went. But as far as your second question, you know, suggestions for you, I mean, there's an endless well of content. I actually think the game was a little bit ahead of its time. For that matter, all of the sports card games that we did were a little ahead of their time. Um, Like as far as the rise of daily fantasy and and, and fantasy in general, and and then certainly like the daily fantasy stuff that's going on and, and how much easier now it is to do something like even build an app where, you know, in 2002, it just wasn't. It's not wasn't a thing that existed. The internet was fairly new, um as we know yeah. it anyway, modern internet, I guess suppose. But um but, yeah, I mean, you could – there's an endless well of content that you can that you can mine, and there's brand new players getting added every year, right? Like the draft adds people and people drop off. And so I think, you know, if you could certainly keep the flame alive by just making the game current, like making your own formulas and reverse engineering power and 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 the access to stats even nowadays is so much – even for the layperson is so much better. Advanced stats, like basketball reference, I don't know if you spend any time on there, but like oh, yeah. they, have, they have all kinds of stats available that I would have killed for as – you know, digging into stuff. We we were going off what we had, which was maybe a I'd say not a standard box score, but not much beyond a standard box score. Is that fair, Scaff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah that's that's my suggestion. <laughs> cool, cool.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Matt has mentioned that you know one thing that he can get started on is is something that will s- simulate. Just like playing out the game, given the players and their charts, um, and of course, I want to play the games because I find the game fun. Uh, but um, you know that that is one tool that we could use to to start uh, tweaking parameters and see if we can't uh, reverse engineer our formulas.
2: Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Well, cool. Yeah, I know uh, we we're kind of up against it, John. I, we probably gotta to run. But is there anything else quickly we can answer for you before we call it a day? No,
0: the only thing I want to do is thank you both so much for being a part of this. Um, I'm going to go ahead and outro the podcast real quick. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of the NBA SL podcast. Uh, my co-hosts uh, for today, my guests, I, I cannot thank you guys enough, Worth and Scaff. Um, this is John the Commish signing off.
1: Great.